Greeny with Mike Greenberg, the podcast. Rolling along, Greeny with you on ESPN Radio, presented by Progressive Insurance. Poll question today, pinned to the top of my Twitter page, at ESPN Greeny. Who owns the number 21 in sports history? I gave you three options. Tim Duncan, Deion Sanders, Roberto Clemente, or someone else. I can tell you right now, someone else has 5% of the vote. And the other three are pretty evenly distributed. You've got 39 minutes left to vote on this poll if you're interested. And all this stems from our upcoming book. It's called Got Your Number, in which we decide who owns every number in sports history. I made this decision. Duncan, Dion, Roberto Clemente. If you're interested in that sort of thing, you can pre-order our book, Got Your Number, right now. As far as Aaron Rodgers is concerned, everything remains quiet for the moment. So we've been focusing on other stuff today. Uh, if you know me, you know you don't have to worry that if there is any news, you're going to get it immediately. Because all I've basically done when I've not been on the air over the last couple of days is refresh Twitter as often as I possibly can. So I assure you, where everything sounds like it is, is that Rodgers wants the Jets. The Jets want Rodgers. The Packers and the Jets are, if not all the way there, reasonably far down the road of working out whatever the trade compensation is going to be. And then ultimately, Rodgers has to work out with the Packers how they're going to extricate themselves from this. It is like a divorce. They've been together 18 years. That's a long time. And they have to figure out, I think both sides are very concerned about what the fallout will be from his departure, who's going to be quote-unquote blamed. So I think a lot of that is being worked out. And I suppose, because he's Aaron, and he is a very offbeat person, there's also the consideration that he might just wake up one day thinking something entirely different. And I don't think that's impossible, meaning he could retire or he could make some other kind of decision. I don't expect that to happen. You use the term divorce. The question I would ask you is, is... The divorce between, or the potential divorce between Rodgers and the Packers, certain, which is to say, is there any chance that Aaron Rodgers will take another snap for the Green Bay Packers? I don't think so. It's over. I think so. I think if you're the Packers, you don't let the Jets owner fly across the country and then decide we've changed our minds. If you're Rodgers, look, I guess with him, you never know, but I don't think you let the Jets owner fly across the country. Just think how humiliating it is going to be for the Jets if this thing goes sideways. Look, I guess there's some possibility he retires. If he retires, that's that's it. He just decides he doesn't want to play anymore. I don't think that... Then then I think you look at the Jets and you say they did their best. As a fan, I will... Look, no matter what happens as a fan, I think the Jets have handled this great, personally. I think they've handled it absolutely great. They have... They made up their minds this is what they wanted. They've gone after it. You can't ask for more as a fan. If they don't get them, it will not be for lack of trying. So I, as a fan, am happy and proud of them the way they handled it regardless. But I think if he decides that he wants to go somewhere else now or play in Green Bay again, it'll be very humiliating for the Jets. You talk to Jets fans every single day. Do you get the sense that the fan base wants Rodgers unanimously oh, or close to it? Oh, God, yes. You do? Oh, my God. I walk the streets of this city. And uh, believe me, it's all I'm hearing right now. Mm. Greeny, we're going to get him. Greeny, we're going to get him. Greeny, go Jets, baby. Go Rodgers, baby. I mean, everywhere I go. I've not heard one person say, boy, this is awful. Boy, I really hope this doesn't work out. I'm still thinking we give Zach Wilson a shot. 
None of that is happening. How must Zach Wilson feel watching his teammates beg for Aaron Rodgers on social media, by the way? I mean, he feels the same way we all felt watching him play last year. That's a very similar feeling. But anyway, I have other things I want to get to today because, um, you know, and, and Tolan, unless there was some news with that. Good little question of the day. You ask these questions. Greeny's question of the day. And I don't know if this was from uh, Cam or from Bubba. Bubba was very upset the other day that I gave Cam credit for something that was in the dock. And it was actually from Bubba. Right. So who was this one from? Was this a Bubba or a Cam question? This was mine. This, the, was, this was Cam. This is Cam. So the question is, is there a player or coach or executive more synonymous with their team or organization than Jim Beheim with Syracuse? As Beheim hangs him up this week after 47 years as the head coach and almost 60 years at Syracuse, between his time as a player, a grad assistant, an assistant, and then the head coach. Is there anyone more associated, more immediately um, more, more immediately synonymous with their sporting enterprise than he is with Syracuse? I think it's a good question. Parenthetically, I hate the way it ended for him. I know, I've known Jim forever. I like him a lot. He's a cantankerous guy. There's no question about it. He's crusty with the media sometimes. And in general, he was certainly crusty on his way out the door. And he lost on a buzzer beater in what turns out to be his last game. I mean, that sucks. But he's a Hall of Fame coach and, and deservedly so. And I like him a lot. And so I wish him nothing but the best in health and happiness. <clears throat> Excuse me to him and, and his family as he goes off into whatever the next chapter of his life is going to be. That said, it's a good question. Cam actually provided a few other options. Al Davis with the Raiders, Derek Jeter with the Yankees, George Hallis with the Bears, Jerry Jones with the Cowboys, Coach K with Duke. Here's what I would say. Depending on your age, Derek Jeter isn't even the first person I think of when I think of the Yankees. Now, I get that if you're Cam's age, it pro- he probably is. But I think people who appreciate the history, people who write books like the one we have coming out, when I think of the Yankees, Derek Jeter is not the first person I think of. I certainly acknowledge that he is the most beloved Yankee of recent vintage, probably the most beloved Yankee since Mickey Mantle. But he's nowhere near the greatest Yankee of all time, and not not even close. Not even the greatest Yankee of his era, right? Mariano Rivera is the greatest Yankee of his era, I think. Are you disagreeing with me? No, I mean, I... I think Jeter will have a longer or more enduring legacy than Rivera, but I, I but not than Mantle. No, not than Mantle. I mean, they write songs about Joe DiMaggio to this day, right? I mean, what what when did Paul Simon write? Uh, Where have you gone, Joe DiMaggio? A nation turns its lonely eyes <laughs> yeah. to you. I mean, the, 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 to this day, they still write songs about Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth is the most legendary figure in the history of his sport, maybe in the history of all American sports. Give Cam a break. He's like 25. I get it. No, so I guess what I'm saying is I'll go Bayheim over Jeter. Okay. Is what I'm trying to say. Al Davis with the Raiders is good. He was the just win baby and all that kind of stuff. He's good. But someone who's not, he was the coach, for those who don't know this, Al Davis was the coach for a time of the old American Football League, Oakland Raiders. But by the time... The Raiders came into the NFL and, and, and the NFL's explo- pop, explosion of popularity. Davis was just a guy sitting in a box. He was in a booth. So he was, he was a legendary figure, but I don't, you don't see him the way you see a coach or a player. Uh, 
some of the others, when I think of the Cowboys, now you tell me if I'm crazy. To this day, when I think of the Cowboys, I think of Tom Landry. Mm. Now, that, that is a function of my age. Tom Landry was the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys, I want to say, for the first 30 years of their existence. And he was as legendary a figure as the sport ever had. And, 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 and it, was, it, it, it was the inception of the franchise. There were no Dallas Cowboys before Tom Landry got there. So that's who I think of when I think of the Cowboys. Coach K at Duke is a great one. Duke actually was a very good program before he got there at times. They made a Final Four with Mike Jaminski before he got there. But certainly, Duke basketball was not what it is before Coach K. So I would say Coach K, maybe Al Davis. I would put those there with Bayheim. Who else are we forgetting? I think there's one more that might top them all. I think Vin Scully is more synonymous with the Dodgers than any person in sports is with any franchise. I'll try and tell you on Vin Scully. So, so Vin not Scully, bad. that's not a bad Vin one. Vin Scully first started calling Dodger games in 1950. Mm-hmm. Vin Scully's sixth season calling Dodger baseball was the only year the Brooklyn Dodgers won the World Series in Brooklyn. He obviously went to Los Angeles with the team when they moved. And wound up calling Dodger baseball for 67 years. And the reason I think Scully is such a great answer to this question is because baseball on the radio is of such legend and obviously kind of like the, the romantic way that we think and, and, and have long consumed the sport. And so a person's voice connected with baseball and it's time for Dodger baseball. That to me is as synonymous with anything as you could possibly have in sports. Vince Scully with the Dodgers. I like it. What do you think, Baba? I think that might be the one. And the reason I was thinking Beheim might still be better, because Coach K was the first one that came to my mind, but I, I still think Beheim might top all the other ones except for maybe Scully, is just mainly because Beheim, when you just think of Syracuse, you would think of Beheim, because Coach K, while you would think of him, he had so many great players that you could also think of. Right. And even with the Raiders, the Raiders had great players, Hall of Fame players, like all these other teams, Cowboys, Jerry, whether you think of Landry or Jones, there's so many great players. Honestly, apart from Carmelo Anthony, Beheim never had that great player. And when you just think of Syracuse, you never thought of the players. You thought of Beheim and the zone, and that's all you would think about for 40, 50, 60 years. So I, I think Beheim is up there, but Scully is a great one. Good one. And Carmelo only played there one year. He did have other great players. He had Pearl Washington, and he had uh, Derek Coleman, and he had, yeah, he had, I mean, he had some players, good players. But, but not nothing, the ones yeah. you remember. Yeah, no, he didn't have Michael Jordan and people like that. No, I'm with you on that. No, it's a good, it's a good question. Meanwhile, it is not the only college basketball thought I had when I saw that in the dock. Let me mention the season is in its home stretch, and that means the Wendy's Wooden Watch has begun. Go to ESPN.com, search Wooden Watch for the list of the Wooden Award nominees to search as the season rolls on. Championship Week continues tonight with the ACC and Big 12 Tournament Semis here on ESPN Radio. Coverage begins at 6.30 Eastern. Greeny brought to you by Wendy's, two for six bucks, the best deal in fast foods. Another college basketball thought is on the way, plus who you got is on the way. Plus we're on Rogers Watch and a whole lot more. Stay there. It's Greeny on ESPN. ESPN Radio. For the ones who get it done, Granger offers high-quality supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as access to product specialists who have the knowledge and experience to answer your toughest questions. Plus, their commitment to being your safety partner can help you keep your facility safe and your people safer. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. 
superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Greeny, the podcast. All right, Greeny with you, presented by Progressive Insurance. Catch up on some business here. If you're still overpaying for a razor in this economy, that's gross. With Dollar Shave Club, you can get a top-shelf shave at a regular-shelf price. Dollar Shave Club's available at a store near you in the men's razor aisle. That's it. That's the ad. Also, a reminder that we have NBA action Sunday night, Lakers-Knicks, presented by Indeed on most of these ESPN radio stations. Coverage starts 8.30 Eastern. Obviously, this is a weekend that belongs in a lot of ways to college basketball. We were just talking about Jim Beheim, And then, I don't know how I missed this yesterday, but... Hembo pointed out to me this morning that, again, unbeknownst to me, CBS approached our dear friend Dick Vitale, one of my absolute favorite people and role models in the world, and offered him the opportunity to do something he's never had a chance to do, and that is call a couple of tournament games this year. I'm not the least bit surprised that our boss, Jimmy Pitaro, the president of ESPN, 100% endorsed it, said, go ahead and do it. And Dick turned him down. He told Sports Illustrated that CBS Sports chairman Sean McManus reached out, asked him to call one or two games, but he passed on the offer. Dick said, quote, I was flattered when Sean asked, but I'm 83 now and I want to end my career with just just ESPN on my resume. What they did for me this last year has been amazing. They've treated me like royalty. It's been 44 years just with them, and I just want to have ESPN on my resume. And I just was so touched by that, and I just wanted to mention it. I, I've known Dick Vitale now, well, I mean, I he was the announcer of the first time I ever stormed a court, only time I've ever stormed a court in my life, when Northwestern beat in, the defending national champs, Indiana, um, on Big Monday in 1987, and we rushed out onto the court. I was a student in college, and Dick Vitale was doing the game. My old roommate still has his game notes to this day. Dickie V was a, a, a legendary figure in the business long before I got to ESPN and remains that, of course. And I have said to him and I have said to anyone who will listen that he is a role model on how to use your success and celebrity to make the world a better place. There are very few people who, have, who can say they have literally saved thousands of lives with the work that they have done. But Dick Vitale has absolutely done that. So um, I love the man, and there's something about this story that just really touched me. And I immediately turned to 
Hembo and I said, just like Jackie Robinson, Jackie Robinson, who refused to he retired rather than play for the Giants at the end of his career because he wanted to just have been a Dodger. And because in that case, the Giants were their arch rivals and enemies. But we both laughed that we're probably the only people that would understand that reference. <laughs> <laughs> but Dick Vitale basically is saying, no. And, and so it, it, I, I just was really touched by that story and I wanted to share it. You know, Bubs, were you, I, I'm trying to remember exactly what years dick used to come on mike and mike every monday i yeah. want to say for yeah we, i was just forever. telling cam that yeah i was just saying we used to have a weekly with him i mean i, I was just also saying you know we were just talking about Bayheim being synonymous with syracuse if you can argue vital is just equally as synonymous with espn like mm. when you think about espn is there anyone more synonymous you know maybe chris berman but i mean just as someone who's been here as long when Vital like is ESPN like he's like what ESPN is supposed to be about yeah and I think he you know he's when you think of ESPN he is you know he is that when I think of ESPN I think of Dick I think of Chris Berman and I think of Stewart yep mm-hmm. yeah, I, sure. I think you think of Stewart. all three of those yeah um and and so yeah so Dick Vital is that and so anyway I just thought that was a really touching story speaking of college basketball let's go full circle on this with Jim Beheim no longer being at Syracuse, it really does feel like there is, a, you correct me if I'm missing anyone, one remaining link to what I would describe as college basketball's golden age. Within a very short period of time, Roy Williams gone, Mike Krzyzewski gone, Jay Wright, who I wouldn't put in the same category with them, but obviously had become a huge figure, gone. But he doesn't go in this category. He hasn't been around long enough. Bill Self doesn't go in this category. Calipari, maybe. How long has Calipari been around? So I'm thinking about Coach K, um, uh, 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 Roy Williams. So Cal's first first year at UMass was 1988. So, you know, an era of college basketball where Bob Knight was a coach and where, you know, Dean Smith, those kinds of people. Tom Izzo feels like he is a touchstone to that. Some people think Tom Izzo was Magic Johnson's coach. That's not the case. He was Judd Heathcote's assistant for a long time. Judd was the longtime coach at Michigan State. But Tom feels like he is a, a, a sort of the last vestige of that era. Rick Pitino, maybe. He's still coaching. John Calipari, maybe. He's obviously still coaching. Um, but it really does feel like that era is now gone. You know, John Thompson, all, all the legends of that early time in the Big East and, and the legendaries and the uh, figures in the Big Ten and across the country, it really does feel like that um, on some level is, is coming to an end. And it saddens me as one who has loved the sport all my life. Who is that? Gino Auriemma, if you want to count women's basketball. Sure, still I mean, around, Gino yeah. Auriemma, yes. Now, what year did he get there? I Gino believe 85. 85. So he's been there that long, yes. If you're going to include women's college basketball, then certainly. Um, but, you know, when I think back to growing up with the sport, uh, Jerry Tarkanian, like these were the biggest people. These were the biggest names. Almost a touchstone all the way back to Wooden. Um, I feel like when Izzo goes, then then really that era of college basketball goes. My, my question for you is, Roy and Kay and Bayheim, is it merely coincidental that they are retiring? No, it is definitely not. not. Absolutely then, not. Tell me why. And, and, and the most obvious example of it is Jay Wright. Uh, Jay Wright is absolutely didn't have to retire. He's not old. He's not unhealthy. He's not anything. Um, Jay, I think, just doesn't like what the, he wouldn't say this. 
So I want to be clear. I'm not telling you he told me this. I'm telling you my perception that that job has changed. That sport has changed so much. And for these guys to adapt, it's a new world now. NIL and transfer portal and all this moving around and just it is a different sport than it was. It it began with the one and dones. It began, I remember when there was a time when we would say, well, Duke will never have a one and done. They'll never have a guy leave early. Christian Leitner didn't leave early. Bobby Hurley didn't leave early. Grant Hill, who could have been as high a draft pick as anybody, didn't leave early. And then all of a sudden, Elton Brand left early. And then the floodgates opened and Coach K adapted with it and realized, if I want to win, I got to go get the one and dones. So he started recruiting guys who would be one and done. But that was the first real major shift in the sport. And now NIL and everything, Transfer Portal, have forever changed. Yeah, it's one of the things that I've always loved most about college basketball. Because even if you only follow the sport cursorily, and you don't even really know who the players are because there's so much turnover, you always knew who the coach was. Like that, that the college basketball probably is the only sport, or at least the, to this extent at least, for which the coaches, like the legendary coaches, are the face of the sport. Those three giants, plus Jay Wright retiring within a two-year spin, is a massive blow for the health of the sport. I don't see the same thing happening in college football for whatever reason, but there's no question that college basketball is going to be almost rec- unrecognizable in a few years. Yeah, it is happening in a different way to college football. And the transfer portal, I will tell you this, I've done 73 players for the upcoming NFL draft. I want to say maybe not half, but close wow. are transfers. Mm. You know, everyone you read, transfer from this place, transfer from that place. That's my first note on all of these guys. Began his career here, finished his career there. Like, that's happening. And, and I mean, just, you know, we just don't pay attention to it as much. But look at the, just look at the players. Joe Burrow transferred. Justin Fields transferred. These guys didn't finish their careers where they began. So one of them transferred from Ohio State. The other one transferred to Ohio State. <laughs> so, you know, like that, the, the, the sports are changing like crazy. And there's a part of it that makes me sad, but it just is uh, the reality that it's going to continue going forward. Nature Valley wants to see you and your family out there. When we share our love for out there, we inspire others to protect it. And that's what getting out there is all about. Nature Valley life happens out there. You got just a few minutes left to vote on today's poll question. Again, with the upcoming release of our book, Got Your Number, we're asking you who owns the number 20? 21 in sports essentially who should we have given 21 to tim duncan Deion sanders roberto clemente you can cast your vote you've got 11 minutes left it is pinned to the top of my twitter page right now cast your vote we'll see who you believes should have received the number 21 in our book got your number which you can pre-order right now wherever you get books coming up next the best news we can offer even though it makes some people mad and who you got after this word from Dollar Shave Club. As I said, are you still overpaying for a razor in this economy? That's gross. Inflation is lame. Crying at the gas station is lame. And overpaying for razors is lame. That's why Dollar Shave Club exists. With Dollar Shave Club, you get a top-shelf shave at a regular shelf price. They've been hawking shaving products for years online. And they're excited to bring you the same great quality and low prices at a store near you. Find Dollar Shave Club in the men's razor aisle. Get your Dollar Shave Club razor wherever you want. Epic razors, epically affordable. We're back in a flash on ESPN Radio. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play.
Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. Greeny, the podcast. Earlier on Greeny. He's taking his lovely wife out for dinner on Valentine's Day. And so you made a reservation for what time? One o'clock. He made a dinner reservation for one o'clock and is now trying to argue that that can indeed be a dinner reservation because dinner doesn't have to be defined by the time of day in which it is being eaten. It's the formality of the occasion in this case. One o'clock is a Valentine's lunch. Now, there isn't anything wrong with taking your wife for a Valentine's lunch, but you cannot call it dinner at one o'clock in the afternoon. Are you suggesting that one cannot have a romantic meal at 1 p.m.? No. I'm suggesting no that, that that meal is lunch. Yeah, literally no one said that. You can have whatever romantic meal you want to have. It's just going to be a romantic lunch. This is Greeny. That was us. Weekly Rewind brought to you by Dell for your small business needs. Call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. Once again, I believe it was not only the fact that he took his wife to lunch, but that he bragged about that Valentine's Day lunch even though he wound up paying for it with a gift certificate that had been given to her. I think that's the reason that she is refusing to give our book a five-star review on Goodreads. Again, if you're just joining us, that is really the headline today. Hembo's wife, Lizzie, has said she is going to read the book, and then she will decide how many stars she's going to give it on Goodreads. She will not just automatically give us five stars unless she thinks we deserve it. So look, what you're saying is that this and other things that I might or could do in our marriage could constitute as, as unforgivable sins or things for which she will not forget. Oh, things that well, those she are will... two different things. So unforgivable, not necessarily. Mm. She will not forget, get used to that. There will be no forgetting. There's a lot of forgiveness in a marriage. There's very little forgetting. So the phrase forgive and forget is just a phrase. <laughs> it's half right. <laughs> <laughs> the phrase forgive and forget is half Forgive right. or forget? That's what it should be. It should be forgive it or forget. It should be forgive or forget, because we don't do both of those things for sure. Greeny with you, uh, live as always above the Heineken River Deck at Pier 17. All right, let me pay off today's poll question. So we asked you again, with the book Got Your Number, available for pre-order right now and will be in stores on April 4th, we ask you today on my Twitter page, who owns the number 21 in sports history. The poll is ending literally as we speak, which means I said it correctly, so I'm proud of myself. Is it Tim Duncan? Is it Deion Sanders? Is it Roberto Clemente? That's the question. I'm not going to tell you who we chose in the book. It'll be in the book. But I'm going to tell you right now who you chose. And it isn't that close. Uh, we, we put someone else as an option. Someone else got 5% of the vote. Tim Duncan got 19% of the vote. Roberto Clemente got 31% of the vote. Deion Sanders got 45% of the vote. So the votes that came in, we had over 10,000 votes on my Twitter page at ESPN. The, The poll is up there. I'll retweet it now so you can see the numbers. But it is Deion Sanders. So the listeners of this program believe that Deion Sanders owns the number 21 in the history of sports. Good for, there's, there's nothing wrong with it. This was one of those that we really had to split hairs. Hembo was devastated because he was hoping it would be Roberto Clemente. <laughs> when you get the book, you will see who I chose. Again, if that's the kind of thing that interests you or interests someone you know in your life, 
um, then you can pre-order it right now. Again, it is called Got Your Number, and it's available for pre-order right now wherever you order books. All right, one thing quickly before we get to who you got. I'm ready to go right now. Green Light, green light. with Greeny. Great tweet from Jeff Passan. For all of the people out there, and I'm a guest. I don't, did did, Bubba, did um, Buster's podcast go up yet? No one informed me to let me know that it's available. I would post it for him. Uh, anyway, I'm the guest on Buster Olney's podcast this week. We taped it yesterday. And we were talking about the rules changes in baseball, most notably, because he knows I'm into it, most notably the pitch clock. And I just don't understand. I believe that the traditionalists who are complaining about the pitch clock are just people who want to complain. I think there are some people who just have it in for Rob Manfred, and they're going to say nasty things about him no matter what. And there are others who just like to complain anytime anything has changed. But the reality is, even those people like the pitch clock, they don't know it. Let me tell you, uh, Jeff Passan tweeted these numbers yesterday, the impact that the pitch clock is having on spring training right now versus last year. Last year, the average spring training game lasted three hours and one minute. A spring training game took three hours to play. You could either invest three hours in an NFL regular season game or a spring training baseball game. This year, the average time of the game is two hours and 36 minutes. Runs per game are up. Stolen base attempts are way up. Strikeout race is a strikeout rate is down. So, more singles, more stolen bases, more runs, and 25 minutes faster without cutting out any of the action. Who's against that? Who thinks that sounds like a bad idea? I beg you to tell me. I'm dying to know. Hembo, who's against this? People are, the, the people that are against this are, generally speaking, baseball traditionalists, who, of which I definitely am to some extent. Baseball traditionalists who cling to the notion of baseball being the untimed game, of it being the national pastime, of it being the sport for which there is no clock and for that being a feature and not a bug. Let me stop you. I I just answered your question. I know that, that, but I don't mean to cut you off. That's not what we mean when we say baseball doesn't have a clock. What we mean is you have to record the 27th out, and it doesn't matter how long it takes. Like in a football game, a basketball game, a baseball game, there is a clock that is going to run out and the game is over. When we say baseball is the untimed sport, that's what we mean. We don't mean that you can take as long as you want between pitches. That's not what it means. The fact that we chose to call it the untimed sport, we could easily have just said the game goes until it ends. Like you could have, you could have given some other name for it. It is not strictly the prohibition of a clock. No, right? I, yes, you're right. And what's most curious to me, at least, about the objection from the purists, from the traditionalist, the game that they grew up falling in love with had this tempo. Right. If you just pretend the clock is not there, the game will look like it used to. The thing I like most about this change is that it is not progressive. It is regressive. Baseball's problem is that it leapt too fast into the future. And Major League Baseball is getting this right. We can have a real argument as to whether or not we should have the pitch timer on the score bug on TV. And I think that's a real argument to have because I don't know that you want to be watching, the ba- watching a baseball game with that kind of urgency in your mind for each pitch. That's different from the game should not be timed. No, no, no. The game should absolutely be timed because you just demonstrated the fact that we got t- rid of uh, 25 minutes of absolutely nothing. Right. 
and which is which is 100% better. I also don't agree with the idea that you shouldn't have a pitch clock on the screen. Everyone will get used to that. When the when the shot clock is running down in basketball, it's kind of exciting. When the play clock is running down in football, it's kind of exciting. Why wouldn't this be kind of exciting? I, I, I mean, I, why why are we so against exciting in baseball? Like it's something exciting is a bad thing in baseball. It's exciting. The clock is running down. There's urgency. It's going to be really cool in the postseason, in a high-leverage moment, when your closer comes in to face a cleanup hitter, and there are 45,000 people counting down from 10. Right. That's a good thing. That's not a bad thing. That does not. So, so there's no reason not to show it to us. There's no reason not to put the clock on the screen. So that's what I think, and all the traditionalists, by the end of this season, even they won't admit they're wrong, but they'll know they're wrong. Life is a series of choices. Who you got? Make a decision. Say it! Say it! All right. I'll say it. Who you got? All right. We finish up every week here with Bubba. Who you got? He's got a series of provocative questions for me. Mr. Bubba, take it away. All right. Who you got? Brought to you by Granger and former Cardinals offensive tackle and current free agent Kelvin Beecham was on ESPN Radio. He did a bunch of shows yesterday, and he said that Kyler Murray needs to grow up. Can the Cardinals win with Kyler? Who you got here? If you're asking me, can they win with Kyler Murray as their quarterback in the short run, the answer is no. I don't mean that as a pun. Um, And he's got to come back from injury and all that stuff. That's a really bad team, and they're about to get much worse. They're going to trade away DeAndre Hopkins. And I don't think – I think that he is – generally not held in high esteem by most of the people inside that building. Now, having said that, he's still a very young player, and I am very hopeful uh, on his behalf that he learns from some of the things that have happened. Look, he's got his huge contract, which is what he wanted, as much as many of us didn't love the way that he and the agent went about doing it. You can't argue with the result. It worked. He got his money. So he doesn't have to change if he doesn't want to. He's going to be a rich man for the rest of his life. But if he wants to, then I think he might recognize that at some point he's got to look in the mirror for at least part of the problems there. And if he does that, I do think he's talented enough that in the long run they could put it together. I'm not there. I can't speak to the leadership issues. What I can say, I'm a researcher. Statistically, Kyler Murray has not improved 1% from the day that he entered the NFL to now. And if you're going to look at merely the trajectory, I'm most definitely not betting on Arizona doing any high-level winning while he's their quarterback. I I think that's reasonable, but I think part of that is what I'm talking about, which is I don't think he recognizes it. He definitely has the ability. So I'd like to see him try and put together. I think a lot of it is going to be up to how badly he wants it. Bubba, what's next? Another NFL free agent is Odell Beckham Jr. He held a workout yesterday. Who you got as the best fit for OBJ? The Jets. The Jets. The Jets. When OBJ was leaving Cleveland, we were talking about Green Bay should get him. Green Bay should get him. Aaron would want him. Aaron would want him. Why not the Jets? The Jets just cut Braxton Berrios for financial reasons. Now, I know he's he's going to be expensive. I think that Rodgers is going to bring Alan Lazard with him. And if that's the case, fine. I think Corey Davis has taken his last snap as a Jet. But I think that Garrett Wilson on one side and on Odell out there with Rodgers would be unbelievable. I'd love to see that happen. I don't think the Jets are going to be able to afford him, though. No, I know that. But you're asking me where he'd be a fit. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not sitting here going shopping. I'm dreaming. I'm, I'm begging. I'm hoping against hope that it happens. I think they're going to wind up with Alan Lazard. And so then, to, to give a more sexy and provocative pick, everyone is saying Buffalo. I cannot see Odell in Buffalo. 
I just can't see him Why moving is that? because it snows there in August. I mean, I, I, I don't see that being his vibe. I see him going to the Cowboys. The Cowboys. That's what I think Man. will happen. Okay. I think he will wind up on the Cowboys. I wrote down three teams, and I looked at the cap space. The Patriots, the Giants, and the Chiefs. All three of those teams make sense to me. Well, I mean, any of those. The Giants desperately need him, and obviously he's been here before. The Patriots would be interesting. I mean, he's a terrific player if, he's, if his knee is okay. And the Chiefs, what can you say? Playing with Patrick Mahomes, if I'm him, that sounds he, like fun. He feels like someone to me that Bill Belichick would absolutely bet on. Yeah, he's great. He I feels mean, like a Patriot. Odell is unbelievable. I think he's going to wind up in Dallas. Bubba, next. All right, who you got brought to you by Granger with supplies and solutions for every industry. Granger has the right product for you. Call clickranger.com or just stop by. And Sunday was the 40th anniversary of John Belushi's death at the age of 33. Mm. Of course, famous for Animal House, but also SNL. Who you got is your favorite cast member of SNL. Oh, I thought you were going to ask me what was my favorite John Belushi movie, which is a whole other question. Um, you can answer that as well. If you well, like. I'm old enough that I remember when John Belushi and Gilda Radner and Lorraine Newman and Chevy Chase and Jane Curtin and Garrett Morris and Dan Aykroyd. I mean, the earliest, earliest days of SNL. I think a lot of people think Bill Murray was there at the beginning. He actually came after one season, replacing Chevy Chase. Um the greatest cast member in the history of Saturday Night Live is Eddie Murphy. I mean, I, I, I defy anyone who was alive during his stint on SNL to disagree. No one was ever better on that show. They've had a million great people on that show. I mean, I loved Adam Sandler on that show. They've had a ton of great people from the beginning. But I think all of them would say Eddie Murphy is the best one ever on that show. I, I, I can't imagine anyone wouldn't say that, Bubba, so I'll go with Eddie. That seems to be the correct answer. Tuesday was National Cereal Day. Who you got for your favorite cereal? Oh, see, I will always. So when I was a kid, I, my, my parents had very few rules. We weren't a very rulesy kind of household. But for some reason, we were not allowed to have sugary cereals in my house as a kid, my brother and I. So I grew up like cornflakes was a treat. Frequently, we had like product 19, like super healthy cereals that didn't taste so good. And I went and slept over at a kid's house. And that kid's parents poured me a bowl of something called Apple Jacks, which I'd never even heard of. And I fell in love. It was the most delicious thing I'd ever eaten in my entire life. And I started sneaking sugary cereals wherever I could in my <laughs> life. So out of, out of loyalty, I will say Apple Jacks. But I, like everyone else, I fell in love with all of them. Have you had Cocoa Puffs? I mean, not since I was a kid. I have had them in my life. Yeah. Great, great cereal. Because Cocoa Puffs, they taste great. And then you can drink the chocolate milk out of the bowl. Cocoa Puffs is the best cereal. Yeah. I, I, uh, I haven't had any of those in a really long time. Do we have time for one more quickly? Sure. Lunch? Today is National Pack Your Lunch Day. So if you were packing your ideal lunch, what would it be, in- including it all? The sandwich, the drink, the dessert, who you got? Where the do soup? We come up, where do we come up with these things? <laughs> I mean, National I, I don't Pack cr- Your Lunch I don't, Day? I don't create the days. I just report the news. I have to think about this. What do you pack in a lunch? I need, I like soup. You know, I love soup in a lunch. So I'd have soup in the thermos. I'd have like a good lentil soup in the thermos. Some sort of, you know, good turkey sandwich that was very deliciously made. And a piece of fruit. My mother always put a... My dessert was always an apple. Like every kid had like a brownie. My mom put an apple in there. All right, have a great weekend. ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to Greeny the Podcast. 
You can listen live each weekday morning at 10 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Or watch the show through the Watch tab on the ESPN app. Also catch Greeny on Get Up, weekday mornings at 8 on ESPN. And also available wherever you get your podcast. 